Welcome to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry, presented by Boston Women in Media and Entertainment, sponsored by Tech Help Boston. I've been looking for women in senior leadership positions who are either the only woman on the team or among a precious few. Why? Well, because I think they have lots of knowledge to share about how they got to where they are today, all the bumps along the way. They can share their wisdom about how to be seen and heard in the workplace, as well as how to lead with purpose. In the spotlight, Jennifer Haynes. Jennifer is the division executive, securities, finance, and processing for capital markets. She works for a company called FIS, which stands for Fidelity Information Services Incorporated. FIS is a global financial services technology company, which serves more than 20,000 institutions in over 130 countries. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you, Candy. Well, like I said, you are exactly the kind of woman that we look for on this program because I believe you're a trailblazer. So thank you for sharing your success story with us today. I'm delighted to be here. Let's start with Candy O's lightning round. This is our way of letting our viewers and our listeners know a little bit about your personality because I'm just going to ask you questions you got to answer really fast. Don't think too hard. Ready? Go for it. Alarm clock or do you use your phone? Alarm clock, except when I'm traveling and then I'm using my phone. Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks? A really tough one, but Starbucks. Introvert or extrovert? Extrovert all the way. Beach, lake, or mountains? So beach, beach, and more beach. (laughs) Okay. Favorite pastime? Cooking. Okay, so then what do you like to cook? What's your favorite recipe? I cook all kinds of things, but I'd probably say Italian might be one of my favorites. What kind of Italian, though? Like what dish? Oh my gosh, I don't even have a favorite dish. Uh, I like to try new things all the time. I don't like to go back to the tried and true. Best thing that you could take with you alone on an island? I would take a really long book. Romance novel or like nonfiction? Not a romance novel, no. I'm a big reader, and so I need something really meaty that I can sink my Dig teeth, your teeth something into. Something I can sink my teeth into. Well, that gives us a snapshot, so thank you so much. Now let's get right back into your story. Your title is Division Executive, so walk me through your job responsibilities. I'm going to guess it's a big, long day and a long list. In a company as large as FIS with 50,000 employees, I'm responsible for running a portfolio of businesses that targets end clients like brokerage firms and other firms in the financial services industry. And I'm responsible for making sure that we deliver on our financial results and on our internal results with our employees. What's your leadership philosophy then? So my leadership philosophy is very much about helping people to become the best versions of themselves. And really that happens when you empower people and you give them the confidence and the support to make challenging decisions, to be bold in their actions, and to creatively problem solve. How do you maintain a connection with these people? That's a really good question. And it's important in a large global organization where we have folks that are working with us all around the world. It's so important to make sure our messages are clear, are compelling, that staff around the world really understand what we're trying to say. And we do that through regular touch points. Oftentimes those are on the phone, but they're still really important. I know you travel a lot too. And in your travel, I'm going to guess you have a chance to connect with people too. Absolutely. And I make a special point of 
scheduling town halls and the opportunity to spend time with folks in a face-to-face way, since so much of what we do is not in person, absolutely important to take advantage of those. How much does culture play a role when you go to different countries around the world and you have people reporting to you? Is it a little different? Do you have to adjust your style to the country that you're in? Well, I think it's always important to be yourself, no matter where you are. Authenticity. Yes, super important. But at the same time, being sensitive to and understanding where you are and understanding the challenges and what motivates the people in any part of the world. If I'm visiting a team in Johannesburg, that's going to be very different from a team in Dubai or in India or frankly, in the UK, all very, very different. So understanding those perspectives is so, so important. Have there been certain things that you've noticed in these different countries that are, maybe it's a watch out for you or uh, something that you need to be a little bit more sensitive about? I think understanding what's going on politically, Mm -hmm. culturally, economically, those things are really at the back of the minds of all of our staff, just as they are here in the U.S., So knowing that that's the case is very important, but also recognizing that we often have a lot more in common than what's different about us. For example, we do an international Women's Day celebration across our company, and I'm always just amazed at how that brings together in a unifying way all of the women across our organization. Tell us a little bit about FIS. And when I ask you this question, what I really mean is the culture of the company, particularly around the advancement of women. I'm so excited about the culture of our company. I have to tell you, this year our theme is about making bold decisions. And I think that's embodied so much in a lot of the things that we do, giving our teams the comfort to make challenging and difficult decisions that will really help us grow much faster. That's really exciting and it's very energizing. We actually have made a really strong commitment to women across the organization. And I'm personally very involved both in mentoring a number of women across our organization and participating in a lot of our diversity initiatives as well. And I find that super rewarding. Tell me about the LEAD program. The LEAD program is a really wonderful way that we bring together individuals that we've kind of identified as the future leaders of our organization. These are folks that have really demonstrated that they fit the mold of what we're really looking for in our organization. That's exciting because once we've tapped those people and we've given them the opportunity to be part of this program, we have high expectations about where they can go next. You mentioned mentoring a little while ago, and I guess my question is, who have been your mentors? And then secondly, are you a mentor now? As I've gotten older, I've been much more receptive to and actually sought out a number of mentors in my career. I've been incredibly fortunate within our organization to count at least two people that I'll mention, Martin Boyd and Marianne Brown, as really important and helped me so much in how I've evolved my career. And because of that, frankly, I don't think I would be where I am without their support. And as a consequence, I feel very much how important it is to be mentoring others. And I currently mentor about six or seven men as well as women in helping to think about how they're going to evolve through their careers. You know, mentoring is such an interesting thing because it is a gift freely given. You know, you have to give up your time, your energy. you got to put something into it, don't you? Absolutely. What have you learned from Martin and from Marianne? 
I guess I've learned to become more confident and to trust myself more. I've looked at their behavior and quite frankly, I'm very happy to rip it off <laughs> because I think frankly, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the best way flattery is generally. I was the, just going to say, that's a great compliment. It absolutely is. And so, you know, I've been very fortunate to have mentors who have cared about my success and again, paying it forward and, and thinking about how I can help others is, is really fun. I learned that you are known as the fixer. That is exciting and scary all at the same time. What does that mean that you're the fixer? What do you do that fixes things? Oh gosh. Well, I guess it's not being afraid of a kind of a challenge, a big challenge, probably hairy, ugly things that others might have maybe shied away from or just struggled with. And recognizing that I may be walking into something that has warts on it and being okay with that and being able to understand and have a very optimistic outlook that just about everything in life can be turned around. You know, if you're known as the fixer, I'm going to guess that there are also times when you have to let somebody go because they're not the right fit for the organization. How do you do that and also help that person maintain their confidence? while they're being fired. Please support our sponsors. They make this show possible. More than 30,000 families and businesses have trusted TechHelpBoston.com since the year 2000. Dave Elmazian, president of Tech Help Boston, with the reasons why. We like to establish a relationship with our customers, and the best way to do that is see them in their natural setting, so to speak, and that's in their home. We come to you, we work with you on your equipment in a setting that's comfortable for you, and also we can test better that way, because if you have a printing problem or whatever, and we bring it to a shop, it may work great in the shop, but it might not work in your home. So this way we know for sure everything is working the way that it should. TechHelpBoston.com. Their experts will come to your home or office to fix your computer same day, next day, and weekends too. Visit TechHelpBoston.com. That's TechHelpBoston.com. That is a very difficult, is a very tricky thing to do. I think almost always, without exception, people try to do the right thing and they try to bring their best to a job. However, they may not be in the right job. Somebody might have thought that they would be fantastic at something, but in fact, that's actually the opposite of where they should be. So understanding what your strengths are and how to leverage those strengths is key. If I'm exiting somebody out of the organization, that I'm giving them the respect that they're due for the hard work that they've done and helping them to maybe think about where they could be much more successful if it wasn't in that role. How do you make sure that you are heard and seen in a room full of men while still holding on to your femininity? I think it's about being true to myself and recognizing that in a room full of men, I have to be decisive. I have to be clear. I have to be succinct. I have to own whatever it is that I'm talking about. I've got to believe in it and I've got to be able to make strong arguments. And I think over the years, I've hopefully been able to do that. Do you think that there was a learning curve for you? If there's a young executive on the rise who's listening to our conversation today, do you have any stories about how you had to learn some of this? Can you go back to a time when maybe this was a challenge to be heard? It's interesting. I think I've grown up in this industry surrounded by men. It wasn't as though I walked into my career early on 
And there were lots of women, and suddenly I dove into the deep end of a room full of lots of men. I think it just became something I had to adapt to. For a young executive, having confidence in yourself, making sure that whatever it is that you're after, you've done the homework, you've done all the work that you need to do, and you're standing behind, I think that's really where I've learned. Do you think as women, we ask for permission too much? Absolutely. Talk about that. All the time. It's something I've observed in the past, and I think I continue to see that women tend to be rule followers that may be slightly uncomfortable, but honestly, you've got to just go for it and be comfortable with the consequences. Let's talk about obstacles, because I think that obstacles are very often opportunities. When an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it? It's easy to be sidetracked by or stymied by obstacles. Oftentimes I find myself and I see other people kind of getting stuck. You've got to be able to make a plan and then be clear that you can see the other side of the problem and just work your way through it. Sometimes if you imagine it as a large rock in the road, how do you get that rock out of the way? Well, you might need to take some dynamite, a stick of dynamite and blow it up. I like that. Or you might need to just find a way around it and be comfortable that it's going to take you a little bit longer, but you've got to see the other side. I think that's the key. Relationships are everything. Do you agree? And can you talk about that in your career? In the end, we're all people. While we might be in a business environment and having a conversation, In the end, we're still evaluating each other and ourselves as people. And we have to be mindful of that. And we have to understand what makes other people tick, what motivates them, what excites them, what causes them concern and fear, and be respectful of that and deal with it in a relationship way, especially if you're in a challenging or a difficult situation or you need an ally. If I haven't cultivated those relationships well, good luck to me to actually get things done. I really need to work on those relationships. And when I have, then I get what I need. You know, I have found too that the more successful a person is, the more they understand the value of relationships. Because when we have relationships, we're able to expand our, what we call a sphere of influence. Do you agree with that? A hundred percent, yes. Now, I'm in a large organization, and we're heavily matrixed, and we're global. We've got 50,000 people all over the place. It's really important to acknowledge that you've got to build up that consortium. You've got to build up all of that army of help behind you. Your tribe, right? Your believers. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so I really do believe that we are all very much affected by our childhood and the people who raise us and and what we were taught when we were growing up. So can you give us a snapshot? Where are you from? And tell us a little bit, what was life like in your house? So I grew up uh, largely in Massachusetts, although I moved about 13 times before I graduated high school. How many times? 13. Yeah. Why? My dad was in advertising, and I like to say he had a short attention span. He's a very <laughs> eclectic guy. You know, that was a that was tremendously formative for me because I was always the new kid. We were always oh. we moved for every year in high school. So up to that time, it was it was just locally moving. But then we did a whole bunch of moves at a time when you'd really rather not. And so I had to learn to sort of invent myself and be the new kid every year for four years. So that, that kind of taught me something. Tell me a little bit about your mom as well. And, and do you have brothers and sisters? 
My mom is absolutely fantastic, uh, the most amazing woman. She only retired at 75. She had a tremendous career in education, and she's an amazing, amazing person. Both of my parents, tremendous. I have a brother and a sister. They're both younger than I am. My brother lives in Bali, which is a great place to live. Wow, what brought him there? Uh, He was a chef, and he runs hotels out in Asia. And my sister is a real estate developer in North Carolina. Well, it sounds to me like you guys are all very successful. What was the work ethic growing up in your house? Absolutely super, super ultra strong. Both of my parents were absolutely animals about that. My dad, in addition to being in the the advertising business, was an antique dealer. And on the weekend, he would wrestle me to polish brass or refinish furniture. There was always a chore to be done when it came to that business. I learned that early. Wow, we we all need someone to believe in, Jen. And I'm wondering, who has that person been in your life? Who's your go-to when you have a big decision to make or whether it be personal or professional? Oh, I would say that's my husband. He's really been my rock for, this will be 34 years this year. And Congratulations. Thank you. You have a, a son as well. I have t- actually two boys. Yep, I'm how, very proud of my boys. How did your life change when you became a mom? As I think any mom will know, it is life-changing, right? It's amazing to have children. It's a tremendous journey. It has lots of ups and downs, and but I would never trade it for anything else. It's, it's wonderful. You've always been very focused on your career. So obviously, I'm wondering, was that hard for you while raising two young boys? It's a big challenge to work and to have a family. And you're always going to have to make tough choices, and they may not be the right ones, and you have to just be okay with that. It's absolutely challenging, but it's the most rewarding part of my life, and I would never have traded it. Were you ever criticized by other moms? You know, they're they're home taking care of their kids perhaps all day long, and here you are with your briefcase and... Yeah, you know what? I wouldn't want to talk to people like that because they wouldn't be my friends. So <laughs> I think that's I'm... a great answer. <laughs> that's a great answer. Your rise has taken decades, but it's been steady and strong. What have been the key ingredients to your success? And can you pass those along to a young woman listening today? I think it's really important to know yourself, to know what you do well, and find a way to put yourself in a position to be able to do that. Early enough on in my career, I was very clear with myself about what I wanted to do and what it would take for me to be successful. And I stayed very, very focused to that. Lots of things came and went along the way, but I took charge. I took control of my career. I owned it. That's helped me tremendously. And I think it's about knowing your strengths, your weaknesses, and where you can be successful. What do you wish you knew? when you first got started? Maybe something that you had to learn the hard way. I think as I've gotten older, I've become increasingly open to feedback and to mentoring and to advice. I wish that I had asked for a little bit more of that because it's so forthcoming from people. Lots of people are willing to be mentors and willing to help you. You just have to ask. I think I would have benefited if I had asked a little bit. Is there anything that's on your bucket list that's yet to be accomplished in this incredible career of yours? Oh, you know what? I I don't have my own corporate jet, so that'd be kind of fun. And I know you've taken rides on them, so they're, they're pretty good, aren't they? At the end of the day, though, Jen, what matters most to you? 
I think feeling like I'm making a difference. We're not here for very long. We're all mortal. It'd be nice to think that we could live forever, but we can't. So are we making a difference in the lives of our family and our friends, other people that we can impact around the world, who, like people who are less fortunate in whatever way, and in the workplace? Am I making the workplace better for the people who work for me or the people that I work for? Success means different things to different people at different times in their lives. This deep in your career as a senior leader, as one of the only women in a leadership position in this great big global company, what does success mean to you? Success in the workplace means that I'm actually accomplishing the things that I set out to do. I'm gonna hold myself accountable, I'm gonna hold teams accountable, and I wanna be able to look back and say, we did that. That was us, and that was pretty cool. I want to say thank you so much for being this week's featured guest on the story behind her success, Jennifer Haynes from FIS. Thank you. Thank you, Candy. Thanks for listening to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry. This is a series with one goal in mind, to shine the spotlight on women doing great things with their lives. We hope these weekly stories will motivate and inspire you if you'd like to suggest someone for Candy to interview, she'd love to hear about her. Connect with her anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and her website, CandyOterry.com. That's C-A-N-D-Y-O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. You'll find all of these links in the show notes. What's your story?